Hello friends, how's it going? Welcome to the latest in an occasional series of bonus episodes of the Looking Sideways Action Sports podcast. No fuss, no fanfare, no show notes, just a quick half an hour every now and again when the opportunity arises. Uh, I've previously done one of these with Hayden Cox back in January when he showed me around his factory. And uh, this one came about when my friend and friend of the podcast, Sophie Hellier, told me she'd be in London in April. So Sophie's episode, episode 19, I believe, was actually one of the top five most popular episodes in 2017. So I thought it'd be nice to sit down while she was over and uh, yeah, spend half an hour catching up with the tape rolling. And then, as you may have seen, subsequently, Sophie unwittingly found herself at the centre of a proper storm in a media teacup really after she gave an interview about the WSL's new policy about uh, photographing women surfing in their events and that interview was taken and turned into something much different which was basically ex-Roxy model slams sexist surf industry with accompanying pictures of Sophie in a bikini um, yet yeah, the implications are obvious which was then syndicated across UK media I mean the thing was in the, the Sun, the Times, the Express, the Telegraph as we discuss every right-wing paper, basically, in the UK. I believe the technical term is a, is a monstering by the tabloids. And it actually went on for around a week with various columnists piling in. Um, by the end of it, Sophie was offered a right to reply on Women's Hour, which is a huge BBC Radio 4 show, if you're not familiar. And she also wrote a great column in The Independent. But yeah, generally the thing rumbled on for a while and I think it's fair to say, as you're going to hear, it was an extremely uh, bruising experience for Sophie. We chatted a few times during the week it was going on actually and uh, yeah, during that time we agreed that we'd make our chat a discussion about the whole Farago for this special bonus episode of the podcast. So if you enjoyed the first episode I did with Sophie back in October 2017, then you'll enjoy this one as we explore similar themes and tried to get to the bottom of why this thing blew up in the way it did. Um, so yeah, as I say, as it's a bonus episode, I'm just going to bang it out pretty quickly. There's going to be no show notes with this one. But if you're interested in finding out more about some of the things we talk about, I'll post links over on my Twitter, Facebook and Instagram feeds. If you've not followed me yet, please do so. I'm We Look Sideways on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find me very easily on Facebook by doing a search for the Looking Sideways podcast. Okay, that's enough waffle from me. Here it is, me and Sophie. Enjoy. I'm with Sophie. How's it going? Good, yeah. Having yeah. a lovely little day in London, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, cruising around <laughs> London. Yeah. So had a nice spot of lunch, didn't we? Yeah. Um, so what are you up to over here? You've been over a bit, right? Yeah. Um, I'm... Uh, I've been here for a week or two and I'm here next week as well um, working on a couple of different projects um, yeah it's good getting quite like clear and focused on what I want to be doing and not resenting being here in London like we know the surf's pumping at the moment yeah right I know, I'm that actually is, like that is bad timing actually isn't it yeah it but I, I'm kind of, I don't I don't really resent it at all I'm kind of here with a purpose and enjoying what I'm doing and yeah. okay with it, which is yeah, it's good good way to be. New experience. Yeah, definitely <laughs> try and not worry about stuff like that now. Yeah. If you if you feel like well, FOMO in it, fear of missing out. Um, and are you swimming? Yeah, I am meeting um, a group of women 
who I don't know just from my Instagram community tomorrow at 9am at Hampstead Ponds. Nice. And we're jumping in. Right. So you're doing that every day? Um, in Ireland, yeah, I've probably been in the sea nearly every day for exactly a year now. Um, Which is really impressive because yeah. it, it was cold when we did it in uh we did it in i think it was the end of september wasn't it yeah and it was cold it's kind of summer really wasn't yeah it? yeah so that's probably like the warmest part of the year yeah and then you've been going through the winter and yeah yeah it's starting to warm up though isn't it although i think the water's still really cold isn't it it's definitely cold yeah <laughs> yeah it's uh i don't we, we won't use the c word no it's not it's uh refreshing yeah yeah definitely <laughs> um well yeah, we so I saw you in London and I thought, well, you know what, it'd be good to do a little follow-up, a little bonus follow-up because your episode, as, I, as I've been putting on Instagram a couple of times, was one of the most popular last year and you've had a bit of a interesting, euphemistic way of putting it time over the last couple of weeks, haven't you? So, yes. you want to talk about that? Um, yes. <laughs> so... Um, a couple of weeks ago, I was contacted by a journalist and asked to comment on the WSL's new policy that was about, um, they basically had a recommended the photographers and videographers and freelancers not to zoom in on the women who are surfing in bikinis in the competitive events. Basically like the upskirt shots, isn't it? Sort yeah, of thing. Like, duck, yeah. like duck diving. You don't need to zoom in on a competitor duck diving. No. Um, and I was asked to comment on it, which I did. And I kind of gave a short comment and was just like it. I really wish it was irrelevant what this women were surfing in, uh, but it's not. Um, and I just feel like women are misrepresented in the media. And um, well, it's kind yeah. of a discussion we had in yeah. in, in Ireland last year. Yeah, wasn't it? basically. And I I actually referred him to. I just said I wrote a blog post on this last year and yeah. um, referred him to the article that that you and I discussed in the last podcast. Yeah. Um, and then the next thing I know, the following week. And there was like there was a lot of other news this week. Like Brazilian um, politician activist Mariel Franco was shot dead. The refugee crisis is worse than ever. The Great Ocean Garbage Patch is like there's so much other news. And then I appeared in headlines with full length photos of myself in a bikini and like seemingly complaining that I didn't get any coverage, which like wasn't true at all and wasn't what I had been discussing. Yeah, um, they slanted it as like yeah. ex Roxy model slam sexism of surf yeah. industry and then like you say illustrated with pictures of you from from your roxy days wasn't it really yeah i mean the pictures they used were six years old yeah and and took I, the fairly nuanced argument that you've been putting forward over the last couple of years and basically disregarded it and yeah well you got stitched up didn't you let's I, be honest i feel like it's a really bad pr stunt because <laughs> i so in the article a year ago, I wrote that women are misrepresented and underrepresented or not represented at all in the media. Um, and that it's really daunting to speak up about feminism in sport because what seems to happen is often a male journalist will misconstrue what you say and you'll end up. And so a year later, I speak to a journalist about feminism in sport and then, hey, voila, like I'm completely misrepresented and a male journalist has decided what my dignity is so did you speak to him afterwards or did you just never hear from him again um yeah I actually have a lawyer and have been th I have to say the journalist from the one of the mainstream newspapers was really great really communicative with me um really open and honest made some edits to the article um and what I didn't realize is that he had received a copy so I spoke to a journalist who worked for a news group and from my comment with him 
a journalist in their agent wrote up a copy, so almost like a press release about me called Sexual Surfing News with Pictures. Is that why it went so far around then? Yeah, and I just am kind of disgusted that the papers picked up on it. Yeah. Like, what the hell? It's not even a story. Because it was in... <laughs> The Sun, wasn't it? The Mail, so the, the, Telegraph, the Telegraph, the Times, the Daily Mail, the Daily Star. Basically every right-wing paper picked it up, didn't they? <sighs> and, went, and went fairly big on it as well. That was the thing that really surprised me because I saw the first one and then suddenly it was like everywhere, not, not everywhere, but you know, it had been syndicated, obviously. Yeah. So why do you think, What do you think they just saw an easy sort of... Um, controversy do you know what i mean like a way of just whipping up a bit of clickbait and and effectively you were in the you were the unwitting kind of um target of that if you like yeah i mean it to me like i don't the reasoning behind it it seems like it might have just been a excuse to put a picture of a girl in a bikini and sell some papers with with the juxtaposition of the story kind of Um, saying look at this I mean, effectively, it was like look at this hypocrite wasn't it really yeah but what and what it actually did was distracted and like really confused and like an important discussion that I was trying to have was completely it was just like took away from that I was completely mortified to be honest yeah but well you know not I'm sure it's not a nice experience to get um you know effectively monstered by the papers really yeah and I have to say that um the independent um was the first female journalist to reach out to me the assistant editor there Chloe Hubbard is from North Devon as well right and she reached out to me um and just said my name had come up in a conference and what was going on. And they, I worked with a female journalist there and a f- their female commissioning editor um, who were both brilliant. And they published a piece that was like my kind of version of what went on. And The Guardian also had a female journalist contact me and like just really kind of um, empathetically communicated with me and kind of wrote a good article on actual what the discussion was meant to be about. <laughs> well, the independent piece was... Because you wrote a piece on your website, didn't you? And the independent piece was effectively, they kind of published that, didn't they? With like a different version of it. But, you know, your, they kept it intact, didn't they? It yeah, was your, yeah, yeah. It was yeah your, so the piece on the independent was a piece I wrote. Yeah, um, and, and it, it was, just, it was but, your yeah. version, wasn't it? Yeah, it was on their voices. So yeah. yeah. And then the Guardian piece was obviously linked to these. Was um, It's more like a general discussion about representation of women, Women wasn't in it? sport, yeah. Yeah. And I'm actually meeting the journalist from that tomorrow, Anna. She's um, really good. She's like... Um, published a book about women in sport and there's yeah I've made some some good positive connections out of a negative yeah. experience anyway <laughs> what, so what was the reaction to the initial stuff like um the stuff in the papers yeah I got completely trolled and I still do like I just don't read any of the comments underneath any of the things and effectively all the comments are doing is proving exactly what I'm saying because it's just people commenting on what I look like. <laughs> right. Um, and yeah, like pretty nasty hate mails from people. Um, right. So you think that's just a product of being like in the papers really? You know, it's almost yeah. like troll army gets mobilized, like here's another target sort of thing. Yeah, there's definitely like a savage <laughs> disconnect between what people like write and comment online and like, the fact there's like an actual human being at the end of that with their own story and their own trauma and their own experiences and yeah yeah and I don't think people when they write this trash online actually think like oh that's like actually about somebody and it's well it's stopped to think whether it's got any um truth in it either yeah like and I, I mean some people did then research further read my open letter to the press which was on my website and 
kind of like followed the story and I had some really had some really amazing like positive messages I think my open letter to the press had like 4,000 hits in a day yeah so I had lots of like positive stuff but like after I did the BBC um Radio yeah. 4 women's app interview the first email I got within a minute of the show ending was a man going oh, I just googled you and you do look good in a bikini right <laughs> so just like complete <laughs> <missing> the point <laughs> complete randoms yeah just getting old of you yeah. and have you do you know that book by John Ronson um so you've been publicly shamed no someone sent me a picture of it and told me to read you it you should read it I read his psychopath test one but yeah. I will it will be on my list yeah it's really good because it's basically about this modern phenomena of um social media shamings and how people have had their lives destroyed by it and how like you quite rightly put it the disconnect between this faceless mob you know that go after yeah. people and what it, and the human effects that it has to people at the on the receiving end of it yeah i mean i think in the wider scheme of things yours is like fairly mild case actually isn't it really but totally like, i totally know that mine was a mild case and that i'm still, also like a strong human and i dealt with it all fine but, but it's still real though it still happens it's still very fucking real horrible. and i have friends who've been in situations like what you're explaining and they've i know people who've committed suicide from this like it's it's well, that's, serious that's what the book is about basically yeah, you know? seriously like geez, well, we're all just humans i just don't see how some people are so like impulsively nasty and uneducated like just educate yourself a little bit before you speak well it's bullying basically yeah. isn't it yeah but I, you know one of the things i've noticed from you is obviously you've got a big social presence and you do you, you do cop it a bit really you know from from people in the comments <laughs> and stuff don't you sometimes do you think that's do, yeah just because well i don't know it'd be easy to ask you why you think that is really um i think that um some men are probably quite threatened by stuff things that represent feminism um i think feminism's like really misunderstood and um like being a feminist isn't equal to man hating that's not what it means at all and i yeah Cat- i know i definitely cop i definitely <laughs> i definitely cop it you're right <laughs> yeah Catelyn Cat- Moran did a great thing the other day in the times i've no i've seen that you've posted some of her stuff before and mm-hmm. it's a great column and she basically said because you know, there's there's obviously a lot of women that claim that they're you know that say oh, i'm not a feminist but her col- her whole column was like well if you vote if yeah. you drive if you are educated to an equal level with men i mean the list is endless you know if you then, have a daughter exactly if, you have a mom, if you've got if a you- job <laughs> if you've got a career if you wear trousers yeah if you're not being made to stay at home and look after a family you, yeah. you are effectively a feminist because you are your behavior is a result the the behavior that you're enabled to do and that you're allowed to do is a result of the uh yeah. the, of, of feminism and feminism basically. is like completely on the side of men as well like men are much likely less likely to get paternity leave and there's like so many and like men are much less likely to get custody of their children in a divorce there's like um definitely it's about equality it's not about women who hate men <laughs> it does seem to be a real um red flag you might say basically yep. the issue of like oh god it's, it's almost a bit like oh god is another gobby woman like spouting off sort of thing yeah know? and you know i would never have described myself as like an angry feminist but i'd say like that when all that came out in the papers yeah i was really angry and i had a right to be angry and we well, had been misrepresented ultimately yeah and i think that's um that's completely understandable. But one of the harshest things I thought was the Camilla Long piece in the Times. 
um, you actually sent me a little screenshot of that because I, I didn't read it because you. But the bit I saw was was effectively. It seemed to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, the tone was a bit like, you know, I'll piss off. Like you know, this this is just completely irrelevant. It's almost like calling you out a little bit, as if saying like, like it was trivial. It was too trivial yeah. to even be worried about. Is that is that a fair sort of summary? Yeah, um, and yeah, I, I'm not going to comment on her as human because I don't think she's probably worth my energy, but. Um, yeah, she she wrote a pretty nasty little piece about me. She'd obviously done like no background research whatsoever. Um, and even if she hadn't done background research, like the issue of women and the representation, representation in sport, it's not just about sport. Like there's so much evidence about the relationship of sport and gender equality and how sport contributes to male dominance in general. Like it affects much while like just how women are represented in surfing media media it does contribute towards a culture that's being built and has been built that's much much bigger than what we realize yeah well it's really ingrained it, like the, these these beliefs about the uh i mean what you're talking about i always think is these these beliefs about like the the ability of genders if you like yeah you know, like what what genders are allowed to do yeah and it's like making like so often it's almost like women are represented as inferior yeah, well, my wife's a carpenter, and it's been really yeah. Your wife's badass. Well, it's been really fascinating watching the the boog like negotiate that world because she's doing amazingly well, and she's really holding her own in that world. But obviously, that's a very male dominated world. And I've been out with them a few times, and that's come up. And there, there is this like ingrained thing, which is like I, I believe in equality, but the fact is, women can't do stuff like this. You know, mm. like it's from the most liberal men. Yeah. You know. And I'm I'm always a bit like, well, why? You're like, what? Yeah. You know, why not? And oh, well, they're not strong enough. Well, so what? Like, an Olympic female Olympic weightlifting champion wouldn't be strong enough to carry bricks up a ladder. Yeah. Well, of course she'd be strong enough. Well, then women can carry bricks up a ladder. Of surely, course. you know what I mean? Like, and what? I, yeah. And obviously, you know, fifty percent of humans are bigger than me. Yeah. And stronger than me, but it doesn't like. I think equality is also about celebrating our differences. And yeah, I might not be as strong as the next guy, but there's a hell of a load of things I can do better as well. So well, I mean, I, I wouldn't be qualified to carry bricks up a ladder. You know, there'd be better, there'd be better, there'd be <laughs> yeah. men that'd be more qualified than me. But they're not yeah, going to yeah. say to me like, "Oh, you can't do that." They're just going to say, "You're not. That's not the job for you." But it's yeah, different with true. women. It's different. It's like I know they just can't do that. Like there's this ingrained thing going on, which is, and obviously you're very gently trying to point that out in, in that this exists in yeah. surfing you know and it also exists in a lot of other places in yeah culture. and i sort of personally think it's a very legitimate point and i'm i'm always yeah find it quite fascinating the reaction that it gets because it's not like you're you know it's it, it's not like it's groundbreaking stuff you know what i mean i don't mean that like you know what i mean it's like yeah there is sexism in surfing. I mean, like, it's not, it's not like, it's, it's not, not news. It's not imagination. No, it's, it's not like news. there's evidence. Let's pick up a surf magazine yeah. and let's flick through it and let's it's, actually look at evidence. So it's not like I'm imagining it. I mean, it's not like this <laughs> wild argument. It's not like this. Like, it, it is real. Like, it is yeah. completely real. And I think anybody sane would, would obviously, I mean, look at the interview I did with Lane Beachley. I mean, she's seven times world champion. Yeah. That whole interview was about sexism in the surf industry, yeah. you know. So, so have you found what's the reaction been like when you've talked spoke because obviously this has given you a big opportunity to speak about this with men like what's yeah. the reaction been like what what are the, what are the kind of things that you, that you hear um 
like I, most people I speak to, it's really positive response. Most people understand and most people agree with me and uh, we don't understand like, you know, why is the surf industry so intent on perpetuating this cultural beauty ideal of the female surfer? Um, but there's definitely, yeah, I said to you earlier, it's a really kind of complex um, and difficult thing to articulate. Often the natural discourse seems to be like, what about the men? What about the men? It's the men too. And How do you mean? So if I'm in my article or the, the thing I wrote in The Independent or whatever that got shared and I was writing like, why aren't more female, more diverse and inclusive female surfers represented in the media? Many of the comments would below be like, what about the men? The men need to be represented too. There needs to be... And absolutely, like absolutely right. There's from um, men, presumably. I can't comments believe, from men. I can't yeah, believe so. any women are saying that. Um, so, but that's just shit stirring, though, isn't it? Well, it's something I really struggle with because what I feel it like. I'm not saying we shouldn't have dialogue about men's issues. And so, we, so you, sorry to interrupt, but you, you, you think they, they mean the objectification of men as well? So, like, yeah, how, they want to discuss the objectification of men. So, there's a picture of you know Owen Wright or. Kelly yeah. Slater in board shorts yeah. and that's an equally like impossible ideal to live up to as, yeah. as the, the objectification of women yeah. that you're talking about. And I agree and I think that's a really important dialogue that we should have and I'm, I think we all know that like patriarchal cu- culture and stereotypical forms of masculinity are really unhealthy for men as well. We all know that and if we need to talk about it but when like I'm a cisgender female, so my experience as a female, and when I'm discussing my experiences and opening up a conversation about that, and someone says, oh, but what about the men? Whether they intend to or don't intend to, what it tends to happen is like, shut down the women's voices, it disrupts the conversation and silences the women. Um, and it's not always very helpful, and I find it so frustrating, but I also don't I also like acknowledge that the men's issues do need to be talked about, so it's a hard. I mean, it's thing got to... a, it's got a name that though, hasn't it? It's called what aboutery, you know. Oh really? Yeah, that's what it's called. Like what aboutery? <laughs> it's just a way of of deflecting. It's a way of disempowering somebody who's trying to make a point. Yeah. I mean, it's really it's like a rhetorical device, really. You know, it's just a way of. I mean, that is literally called that what aboutery. I mean, yeah. I think I think if any time somebody says that in an argument, then there's a bit of a clue as to what their intentions yeah. are really which I is do, like some people definitely do ask really genuinely like I'm sure there is a genuine intent behind the question often but the effect is that it disrupts an important conversation that was trying to take place yeah and also th- there is there is definitely an issue around the objectification of men but that isn't tied to um the entire the entirety of human history of this you know the, the struggle that women have had to gain equality yeah. with men so although it is definitely important you know in terms of an issue it's 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 I know I do feel I kind of that's what I always feel like saying and I just never I try just not to engage in it but I do just feel like by saying that you're almost like disregarding the oppression that women have been over for like hundreds of years (laughs) well you're kind of proving the point yeah because in, in a way you're just you're just trying to say like that's fine but then there's the male experience. There's the male experience, which is what we really should talk about. Yeah, I have. The, you know, um, the expression like colorblind when people say, "Oh, I don't see race. I don't see color as an issue." It's, that's normally because you're white, so you don't understand black people's issues. Yeah. I kind of have a similar feeling that happens with, like, some men sometimes would say, like, "Oh, I don't see women's issue." I had an inbox message yesterday that I haven't replied to. It just said, like, "Please, can you explain how there's any inequality in Western world for women?" I was just like. Oh. 
you don't see women's issues, that's probably because you're not a woman. Like you're so entitled that you don't realize. Yeah, I mean, on my on my <laughs> Facebook recently, there was a. Let's grab some water. There was this epic thread that went on for weeks, and again, it's a male friend of mine, who's a who's a shit stirrer slash he would probably think he was an iconoclast or a provocateur you know he thinks he's making these like really like sort of groundbreaking arguments about like you know the reality of and he's the same he's like there's no such thing as a gender pay gap you know and um (laughs) and he's like and and, you know this literally went on for months and he's a really smart guy so he he you know he's he's got a real ability to argue a point and like he was just enjoying the 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 furore that he was causing but you know, gender. by any objective measure, that's just absolute bollocks, isn't it? You know. Yeah, well, I know the gender pay gap's been illegal since 1970, but I think all this proves what we're seeing now is that legislation doesn't change culture because although it's illegal, it still happens. So we still have like, I mean, change is happening, and it's, with regards to this and like the surfing industry, like change is happening, and well, we're seeing it, but it's not happening that fast. Well, no, because you have to, like <laughs> you're completely right, and it, you know exactly what I've observed anecdotally with my wife, like everyone's like oh no I, I believe in equality but I mean she had a conversation recently where somebody said to her like oh, I couldn't really hire women because my lad I wouldn't trust my lads you know and it's a bit like the Tony Robbins <laughs> thing do you see the Tony Robbins thing no Tony Robbins is this life coach who's really famous he's got like you know he's got like two million on Instagram he's mm-hmm. like he's huge guy. he's probably even more American sort of like go get in life coach guy and he he does these massive events in front of thousands of people mm-hmm. and he made a complete dick of himself because he uh basically said to this woman who'd been abused that the me too thing was attention seeking and um <sighs> and he but he like it was so like tone deaf like the whole yeah. thing it's really cringe but he's a really aggressive like alpha male guy so he ended, i put the clip up and he ended up like really kind of physically trying to coerce this woman in front of like this huge crowd and she really um stood her ground and that was his that was what one of the things that he said he said but you know like i've interviewed all these ceos and these like powerful men and they've all said they've turned women down because they can't trust the fact for jobs because they can't trust the fact that they won't try and sleep with them and that was like totally legit thing that he was he was (laughs) you know like no that's why there's a problem with me too because the reality is and you know, there might be a lot of men listening to this thinking, "Well, he's got a point," but you know, and that's the point that I'm trying to make, and that you're saying is like, yeah. that's the that's the actual culture that needs to change. Yeah, that ingrained kind of belief because it's got nothing to do with somebody's ability to do a job or for, carry out a role. It's a it's a very ingrained cultural stereotype, isn't it? Yeah, effectively, which you've. Oh, I think Me Too has just been such an amazing example of sorry the um gotta do the mic check yeah <laughs> i think me too has just been an amazing example of like the power of female storytelling yeah and it's been such a powerful movement and i think a lot of positivity is going to come from it well it can be nothing but positive i mean if you can look at that and think there's anything negative about it then you might want to have a long hard look in the mirror i think really yeah so is anything good come out of it um yeah definitely like this we're having this chat <laughs> um i mean i was like really happy to have that piece published in the independent where so just if anyone has missed out on everything that we're talking about <laughs> um what i'd said about women like not women wearing wetsuits not being um necessarily portrayed in the media 
I also kind of got to have a voice for lots of other women that don't necessarily have a voice and you know women of different races and religions black African women Asian women women of color transgender non-binary communities um like surfers with disabilities I kind of that like it was nice to be able to speak up for other people like I'm well aware that I'm a white middle class yeah. size zero blonde checking <laughs> your own privilege <laughs> yeah so I often have this like white guilt thing and I just feel a bit guilty but it's kind of this has kind of given me the platform to actually use my privilege positively and um, speak up for other women um, and the independent BBC radio I think I'm going to do something with Sky Sports next week yeah this it's kind of it's just opened up all these conversations that I'm kind of glad are happening. Yeah, so that you can tell the story a bit more positively. Yeah. Why do you feel guilty? That's an interesting turn of phrase. I just... Just being born white and pretty enough to make some form of living out of it and seeing so many people who are so far less privileged. And, you know, there's three lads on my football team who are from Syria who've just moved into the villages and they're refugees. and Right. Like... Oh, like sometimes I'm so embarrassed to have been born English and like into where I am, but I have to stop feeling like that and kind of use it positively. Instead. Yeah, I think so. But you see, so you feel the sort of, well, I guess, you know, yeah. we don't have to really worry about anything. Yeah, it could be Let's really be easy for me to just live my life and not engage in any of the issues. Yeah, that being, I, being sort of white and Western yeah. and pretty much the most privileged yeah. cast in human history really yeah but you know? there are so many issues yeah and I do see them and I do try to educate myself about them and yeah to do what I can see beyond the construct yeah. of um yeah I don't I mean I don't think you should feel guilty but I think it's definitely good to to be um self-aware mm. and like you say use it use things like this turn them into a positive so you can explore it more and 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 do it yeah and yeah. talk about it more positively basically yes so what else is going on how's the waves had a few um we had some good waves yeah before i was just in france snowboarding for a week as were you <laughs> yeah missed each um, other actually i was in switzerland but we had mutual friends about didn't we yeah i'm heading down to cornwall this weekend for the finister women's wetsuit tester weekend yeah nice um, so forecast is good so hopefully i'll get in um and then i'm up in london next week um doing a collaboration with quite a big designer who so I've I've really started to take quite seriously like who I endorse and partnership with and the first thing when anyone sends me hey like would you model for us or do you want to collaborate or would you do the sponsored Instagram post whatever I've learned to like immediately ask for their corporate social responsibility statements um, and actually like research the brand which I'm also like obviously quite privileged to be able to turn down work yeah um, so I'm working with um, how, how many of them just to just to ask how many of them have actually got corporate social responsibility statements um some never apply some i got offered a job last week for someone i researched them i saw they tested on animals i said i don't think i can represent you because you tested animals they never replied right um others send me their things but i got asked again two weeks ago for a company and they sent me their fur policy and i was like Mm, even though you've got a policy it's still real fur like sorry no um and then some are brilliant so I'm working with Tommy Hilfiger next week who sent me in their f the first day we were communicating they sent me all their statements through and 
from I think it's 2012 until 2020 they have like such an amazing mission all their products are coming out with recycled fabrics all their um, factories are kind of ethical and supporting the local workers there um, yeah they're like doing really amazing things in terms of ethical and sustainability right so you're just trying to because this is something that you were beginning to explore when we spoke last year so you, yeah you try to follow through on that and be you know be a bit more principled about the yeah and I, I mean it does mean I'm turning down money which I don't like don't get me wrong I'm definitely not <laughs> I've got a credit card like I'm not like I'm really well off but um I'm turning down lots of other money but what I am doing is kind of staying true to myself and what I believe in and the result of that is that I just don't have anxiety all the time <laughs> well that's I mean there you go one one of the other things that that I noticed was there was a couple of accusations that you were trying to use this whole situation to further your career basically there's yeah. a couple of like pretty um and I know that's bo- bollocks basically but you know I also know that that would you know among people that that is also something that people fall back upon that kind of idea oh well there must be like a, a selfish reason for this yeah you know? I mean just because that person might be doing things for money doesn't mean I am like I didn't get paid to go on the BBC in fact it cost me 200 pounds for my flight over to do it I didn't get paid for the piece I wrote for the independent I'm not getting paid for this podcast um and me the same, not, like me pe- neither. Yeah, <laughs> and the same, like people just saying, "Oh, you're just jumping on the bandwagon." Like you can go back through my Instagram history. Like, the reason I moved to Ireland four years ago was because I wanted to step away from this culture, that this, you know, the way women are represented in surfing media. And me stepping, moving to Ireland, and wearing a wetsuit all the time was like my first step away from that. And the same, you know, I've been posting about sustainability and environmental issues for like at least five years on my Instagram feed before it was fashionable or whatever. So. Yeah, I don't feel like I'm jumping on the bandwagon and I don't feel I'm definitely not making money out of it no. at the moment. Can you take that sort of thing with a pinch of salt, really? I guess you need to, really, because it's just sort of yeah. random keyboard warriors, isn't it, having a go? Yeah, I definitely try not to react. Um, and if I can, like, just take a bit of time and respond or often just ignore and rise above is normal tactic. Yeah, what was the quote we were discussing earlier? If you don't like my peaches, don't shake my tree. Yeah. I think that's always worth remembering, isn't it? Yeah, in like this, if you don't you're like getting, what you're reading on my Instagram, I'm yeah, following me. Go and read some else. Yeah. And on that note, like you, everyone listening, hello, you're totally in control of like what you see and like your Instagram feed or your Twitter or whatever newspapers you're reading, like choose wisely. Buy independent media, read books who are written by women as well, choose who you follow, like make your feed diverse and inclusive and you know, for me, Instagram's like this amazing resource and same with podcasts and stuff. They're amazing. There's some amazing podcasts out there and there's so many opportunities for us to like completely educate ourselves for free. Don't just follow people who make you feel bad about yourself. Do you ever find yourself hovering over the uh, sidebar of shame on the Daily Mail website? Never. I read The Independent and The Guardian. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I guess there's a frivolous way of putting it, but I guess, you know, ultimately, it's why it's so powerful, isn't it, social media? Because it does speak to that gossipy sort of slightly grubby prurient toxic tendency that people have really and I mean I completely put myself in that category you know I my Twitter feed is full is full of gossip basically you know, it hilarious might be, might be might be football gossip but it's still gossip you yeah. know what I mean like funny but that is why it's it's a powerful thing because sometimes I'll find myself you know, I'm sure this is not a unique feeling, but scrolling through stuff and then after a little bit, I'm like, if, at least you feel dirty, you know, yeah. like just like, what the 
fuck am I doing? <laughs> yeah, and I know, like, as a woman, it's really easy to look at any magazine or newspaper or anyone on Instagram, and you can just end up feeling really shy about yourself. Yeah. Am I allowed to swear? No. Yeah, well, no. God, I do. Yeah. <laughs> but just, you know, you know, I'm never going to be the prettiest girl in the world. I'm never going to be the best surfer in the world. I'm never going to be the fittest, the best at yoga. Like, so if that stuff makes you feel bad about yourself and it's not, like, empowering you, just unfollow it and follow someone who does make you feel good about yourself and someone who does inspire you and someone who does educate you. Who's um, who's inspiring you right now? Um, there? There's a couple of brilliant podcasts I listen to um, alongside Looking Sideways. Of course. <laughs> um, the High Low podcast is really good. Uh, Dolly Alderton. Yeah. Yeah, she's um, doing that's good. That's good. Um, and it's back now. She just had a baby and they were off for a few months, but they came back last week. Um, she's the, just had a big best-selling book out as well, Dolly Alderton, hasn't she? Oh, great. Yeah. Um, the Guilty Feminist podcast is always a brilliant one for like diversity um, and inclusion. The I always have liked the BBC Women's Air um, podcast. Yeah. Uh, what else am I listening to? So many. I'm a bit of a podcast a cast addict at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's great. Well, um, thanks for coming on. I really no appreciate worries. it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, all good. Good <laughs> to see you. So there you go. Quick little bonus episode with Sophie there, which I hope everybody enjoyed. Uh, while I was up in London... I also took the opportunity to catch up with another Looking Sideways guest from way back when in episode eight, DJ Barbecue, aka Christian Stevenson. So Christian's had another crazily busy year in which he's written a new cookbook. So I went along to the launch and while there I recorded a similar quick half an hour chat as he prepared for the launch. Now this was yet another typically chaotic chinwag with one of my oldest friends. And yeah, it's a funny one this, so keep an ear out for that one. I'm going to start dropping more and more of these bonus episodes, I think. So if that sounds up your strasser, then the quickest way to hear about them is going to be by subscribing to the podcast on iTunes or your favourite podcast provider, following me on social, as I said at the top, or signing up for my newsletter via the website www.wearelookingsideways.com. I send out newsletters fairly infrequently, to be honest. Um, but when I do, they usually have the links to the top to bonus episodes, to further look inside those news, to merch deals and all the rest. So yeah, head on over to the website and sign up. So bonus housekeeping corner. Did you know Richard Burton never won an Oscar? Can you believe that? Why am I telling you that? Well, it's because I didn't get nominated in the recent British Podcast Awards, which was disappointing, particularly when you see who did get nominated, which was basically a load of massively high-profile podcasts with huge budgets and backers. Ah, well, that said, there is a Listener's Choice Award in which you can vote for your own favourites. Now, let's be honest, I'm never going to win as I'm going to be up against Adam Buxton, Flintoff Savage and the fucking ping-pong guy and all that. But, you know, if you do fancy lobbing your vote into the howling void of internet inconsequence as a way of supporting me, then head on over to www.britishpodcastawards.com to vote for me. And yes, I do know that was the worst pitch of all time. I'm just looking up the address actually. Yeah, it's britishpodcastawards.com. Yeah, that was the worst pitch of all time. So uh, politics, here I come. Okay, that's it. Normal service being resumed um, probably in the next few days with some top guests in the bag, actually. So I was in Zurich recently and I interviewed the great Brusty, Patrick Armbruster, filmer and photographer, one of the founders of Absinthe Films. And that was brilliant, actually. Really enjoyed that one. 
And then when I was in Lax, I took the opportunity of speaking to the great Starla Sambak, if that's how you say his name. I never know how you say his name, um, which was great fun, actually. He's a top lad, Starla. I've known him a long time. I actually wrote his first Transworld interview, uh, sorry, his first Transworld checkout and his first onboard interview back in the day when he was a kid. So, uh, yeah, we had a little catch up. That's a great insight into the life of one of the biggest names in snowboarding right now, which I think a lot of you uh, are going to enjoy. So I'm also chatting to the usual load of people about getting them on, but I'm not going to tell tell you who they are until they're in the bag. Learn my lesson there. But yeah, as ever, thanks for listening and, and the feedback and all that. And I'll catch you soon. Nice one.